connected. Um, we uh, started a, a message last week that I didn't get to finish, um, uh, not even close, actually. Uh, that we got all off on other things, and uh, praise God. I uh, believe I'll get a little further this time. But the title of this message was Be In It But Not Of It, okay? And uh, so I just wanted to share a scripture the Holy Spirit gave me uh, at the beginning to proceed this with uh, so I can kin- continue on. Uh, but in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, this is the King James Bible, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, so we see from this particular passage uh, that the Word of God has many different applications in our life. Isn't that right? Uh, so obviously it's food. We know all the different analogies. It's, it's food. It's meat. Isn't that right? It's a sword. And, and uh, uh, there are scriptures that say it's a hammer, you know. And so, so we know it has all kinds of different ways it's manifested. And when you say a sword, it's a double-edged sword. It cuts different ways. Isn't that right? Praise God. And sometimes we need to be cut a little bit, you know what I'm saying, and, and challenged a little bit. There's some things that need to be cut out of our life, right? And uh, uh, so then, then at that point, we would need the word to be a balm, a healing as well. So, so God's word has many different applications, but when it says it's, it's uh, inspired of God, that means it's God-breathed. Uh, something uh, living that came out from God, all right? And so Jesus Christ himself, when he came, it says of him, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word is literally God himself, and it says we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son. This is John chapter 1. And so, so, and he dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. And so we see these dynamics about God's Word, and we need to um, elevate our uh, understanding and expectation, expand our understanding so that when we come to the house of God, that we're not just coming uh, to be uh, blessed, or we're not just coming to necessarily just be thrilled and woo. And if anything other than that happens, you think, oh, that can't be God. I can't be told that I need to change because that does, that's not warm fuzzy. But we don't want to just sit in a church that never challenges us to change. There are, are so many warnings in the Word of God. So much help for us uh, that we don't, uh, you know, run ourselves off of a cliff in our walk with God. And oftentimes we think it was God that walked us off the cliff. I promise you it was not Him. God's Word warns us and directs us and helps us to avoid walking off a cliff, helps us to um, not fall in a crevice, helps us to not uh, do those things that are destructive to our lives. Isn't that right? And so so we want to make sure that we um, uh, take the whole gospel, if you will, that we're full gospel people, meaning that we uh, receive the correction and the inspiration. Uh, We know that, yes, we are children of God. We are born again. Uh, All that's within us is of God, that he is a new creature. You know, any man who's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. The old you is gone. And all this new stuff is of God. You look just like Jesus. That's inspiring. Isn't that right? And that's concerning your spirit, man. That's who you are. You have the same life in you that God has in him. 
This, this word eternal life, that word is zoe, that, that word for life is the Greek word zoe. It's life as a principle, life as God has it, life in the absolute sense, the same exact life that's in God. He has infused in you. When you became born again, that's what was infused inside of you. Woo! I am a child of the living God. I am his offspring. I am his child. There is no grandkids. You are just a kid. You're his direct child. The same exact life, DNA, is in you. That's inspiring. That's uplifting. And we need to hear that. Oh, man, we need to hear that often because sometimes we forget things. And so, so we have to be stirred up in this way, but, but there is also the other side that we need to understand that there is uh, uh, this world and its system and Satan, who is the God of this world, that is adamantly opposed to that life that's on the inside of you. And so we have to be uh, wise, we have to be understanding, we have to guard our hearts with all diligence. Why would it say it so hard, so strong? Because it is a fact. If you do not guard your heart, then you will find yourself um, slowly walking out into an an activity or a, a lifestyle that you don't want to go out into. So we have to be wise. The Bible says, be sober. Be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You are on his hit list. I'm I'm not saying that we should go, ooh, you know, we're not afraid, but you better be mindful. You better be conscious. If you're supposed to do something with all diligence then you, you must have to carry around an understanding. Isn't that right? And so we, we began to share concerning uh, these things last week, and I want to uh, quickly do a recap. But in 1 John uh, 2.16, again, we began a message called Be In It But Not Of It. 1 John 2.16 says, um, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. I mentioned that that word world is the Greek word cosmos, which represents this world system and all that is opposed to God. And so so we are to be in the world, but not of the world. The world is trying to draw us into it and bring us out into an activity, a lifestyle, a behavior, a consciousness that makes us ineffective for the kingdom of God. And so that that is directly opposed to God, that system. It says these things are not of the Father. In fact, you look at verse um, 15, it says... Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then we just read 16, for all that is in the world. And it mentions it. Verse 17 says, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. So, so we don't want to be drawn out into something that's passing away, that's temporal. We want to be drawn into him who is eternal. And we want all, all of our life and all that we do uh, to have eternal value. There, there are works that are, are, are just useless, and there are works that shall be rewarded. 
When we stand before God, when it's all over, we want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We don't want that to be a temperature rating. And so God has a plan for each and every one of you. There is no person sitting in this room. There is no person listening to this broadcast. There is no person who has any small insignificant uh, thing to do. Everybody's purpose is great. It is mighty. His thoughts toward you are good to give you an expected end. All these things need to be understood and that you are a threat to this world's system. And the way that this world system makes you ineffective is it draws you into it. I am not interested in impressing this world. I am not interested in having everybody be my friend and buddy. I'm not afraid for you to get offended today. I don't necessarily attempt to do that. It just happens. Y'all with me? Because people come with all kinds of concepts and different ideas. And I couldn't possibly, I would go insane trying to please everybody in this room. So I just have to preach what I believe is God's word inspired by the Holy Spirit and let them cards fall where they may. Hallelujah. The nature of it is that you will either get mad or you will get glad and get help. You will either fall on your face and say, God, help me, forgive me, or you will just say, you know what, that ain't right. He ain't right, that boy ain't, I know that boy ain't right. Yeah, my wife would tell the same thing. He ain't right, that boy ain't right. No, my wife loves me. <laughs> At least she did this morning. <laughs> Praise God, she loves me. That's what she said. But we have to take hold of God's word. And do what it says. Praise God. You just can't, can't eat dessert all the time. Isn't that right? We better get our, our salad and our broccoli, right? We better get some of the roughage. Some whole wheat. You know what I'm saying? Something, something that, that does something you know, good inside of our physical body, right? We need to eat meat, that protein. I know some of you are vegans. I'm sorry. Eat something that is, is, represents protein. You know? Uh, no, no condemnation. <laughs> you know? If you don't eat meat, that, that's what the word says. There's no condemnation. We try to do our best, right? Get along. Praise God. God told Peter, kill and eat. He wasn't talking about mowing the lawn. <laughs> but if you don't want to, it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. Praise God. So we need all that the word provides. That's what I'm saying. Is God, we need every aspect of the word to do in us whatever is necessary so that we can have all that God has for us to have. Amen? And uh, so, so we don't, we're not looking to the world to provide. It could not possibly give us what we need in order to do the great work that God has for us and, and actually succeed having all these enemies against us. Do you understand? You have a great call a wonderful, amazing call on your life. You have enemies, and the only way you can win is do what this word says. 
Follow the word. Act on the word. When things start, you feel that pressure from this world. You start feeling that. You just, you lean back into it and speak the word. The centurion soldier, he told Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy. Jesus says, I'll come and heal your servant. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come even under my roof. He said, but just speak the word only. Speak the word only. And Jesus was like, guys, did you hear this? I've never seen such faith in all of Israel. And, and the centurion soldier went on to explain. He says, I have soldiers unto me. I tell this one, come, he comes. This one, go, he goes. He said, Jesus, just speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. Woo! The word. Speak the word. Jesus then tells him, Psh, he's healed. He's healed. And we watched Jesus and we looked how Jesus conducted himself in the earth because he was showing us how to do this as a human being. He was not doing some deity trick for us. He spoke the word as we are to speak the word. Glory to God. And we can do that which Jesus did. He told us we could. He said, all authority is given unto me. All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. He said, now go. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Why would he say this? Why would we go wandering out into serpents and scorpion desert? Because your call is out there. Your victory is going to be on top of serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. If you are right, you are right. And you are walking and stomping and you are working it. You are not afraid. You are not stopping, making a camp, setting up a city. You are continuing out into the arena that God has called you to walk in. Overcoming, victorious This world has nothing for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. We also read James 4.4. It says, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world is an enemy of God. So when you try to befriend this world, it actually makes you opposed to God. We read Hebrews 4.15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. All points. I'm going to talk to you about these points. In all points he was tempted, yet without sin. In Genesis, we see the story of of Eve. Um, Actually, literally, um, it's Adam and Eve who fell. The fall of man is really in Adam's court. Just so you know. But it was Eve who was deceived. She actually had a conversation with uh, Satan. And then when he was done, she did not act on the word. She just looked at what he was saying, meditated on what he was saying, and saw, oh, look, it's good for food. And oh, wow, it's beautiful. And it's going to make me wise. Right? She reasoned and the whole human race fell. Because Adam was standing there going, duh. I don't know, looking at her nakedness. I have no idea. I've got questions for him. So we see what it's like um, to not yield to the word of God in, in a satanic 
interaction, if you will, that she, instead of saying, God said, get out. But literally, when Satan came and started to open his mouth, Adam should have given him his heel. And they get away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just because God said, don't eat of that. So why would you need to be near that if you can't have that and if it's detrimental to you? So why are you hanging around the tree? Because remember, Satan came up on them. He didn't lead them to it. They were going, gee, I wonder why we can't have it. And so we just need to avoid this cosmos, this world system uh, that is opposed to God. And stop trying to see how close you can become like it and not lose Your own heart tells you this. Your own heart says, uh, this isn't what you should be doing. This isn't what you should be giving yourself to. Even these are not the friends you should be hanging out with because you are not affecting them. They are affecting you. We are a light to the world. Uh, We are not to be a friend of it. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. I thought it was going to be nicer Praise the Lord. So then we have Jesus. Remember, the serpent that talked to Eve is the devil who talked to Jesus. This is not, oh, you know, oh, yeah, that, that guy died. And this, no, the same, same dude. It's the same dude. Jesus now uh, is, is on earth in a body, and he's fasted for 40 days. He's hungry. And uh, we see that uh, the devil, in Matthew chapter 4, we talked about this in verse 1. It says, And Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. So he's at his weakest. And when, uh, when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he, <coughs> excuse me, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Uh, incidentally, can I stop there? Um, Satan knows the word. And sometimes if you don't have um, your heart, if you haven't guarded your heart, if your heart is not tender, if you're not, your heart isn't sensitive, if you've become callous, Satan can come and act like God for you. Amen. And I heard a scripture. I'm sure that that man is my husband. And what scripture did the Lord tell you? That man is married. Did you forget all the scriptures to hear that scripture? I mean, people tell me crazy things, and the Lord told me, you know, I'm like, really? And the Lord is saying, really? But listen, we need to guard our hearts, and, and, and for if any reason we would do so, is what? So that we do not follow a stranger's voice. That we hear our master's voice, and a stranger's voice we do not follow. 
interesting about sheep and shepherds is, is that the sheep know their master's voice. Praise the Lord. We want to know what our master sounds like. We want to know what he smells like. We want to know. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you guys have um, anybody that's had animals, but oftentimes uh, my dog, would, when I would come home, he was like, ah, but it's like he would smell me to make sure. He'd come up, oh, yeah, that's him. I'm like, what, are you blind? He's just checking all the things that make sure that I'm the right guy. And so we need to know our master's voice. We need to know what he sounds like. And we guard our hearts with all diligence because when we start rolling out into a a world cosmos, uh, which is against God, we start rolling out into that. We become callous. We become unsensitive to the Holy Spirit. So we have to guard ourselves. So Jesus, as we see here, um, he, he actually would go to the word. Man shall not live by bread alone. He said to the, you know, make this into bread. Um, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. He shall give us angels charge. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things I'll give to you. Satan had ownership. The Bible calls him the God of this world. Why? Because Adam gave him that authority. Do you understand? And then Jesus, of course, he said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil left him for a season. So we know uh, that just as Eve was tempted in three areas, Jesus was tempted in three areas. And these Hebrew points... Those different points are the same points, if you will. I'm going to ask you guys to put up that graph, if you would, please. Um, And uh, again, man is a spirit. He has a soul, and he lives in a body. What I'm proposing to you is that Jesus was tempted in all these areas, just as we are, yet without sin. So that means if Jesus did it in in a body, that means that we also can overcome this world. In uh, 1 John 2.16, it talks about all that is in the world, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are um, spirit, soul, and body things. Obviously, body is the lust of the flesh. Soul is lust of the eyes. And, of course, uh, pride of life has to do with your spirit. It affects your spirit. In uh, um, uh, Hebrews 4.15, the all points of temptation that it talked about, Jesus, yet without sin, um, is sensual, superficial, and status. So again, you got body, sensual, lust of the flesh, right, for the body. Adam and Eve, when it comes to the fall in Genesis 3, 6, she saw that the fruit of the tree, it was good for food. What does that have to do with? Anybody know? Has to do with your body. Isn't that right? And then she said, oh, it's pleasant to the eyes. This would have to do with your soul. It's superficial. And... uh, then you see Jesus, um, when he was tempted, it says, cast thyself down. So that has to do with your soul. And, and then the spirit is, um, uh, in, in concerning Jesus and pride, it has to do with the kingdom. With Eve, it was make one wise. So we have these three different points of temptation and challenge that the enemy would come and try to draw us in 
to these different areas that apparently Jesus actually conquered in all of these areas. He was able to live his life on this earth without sin. It's, 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 it's easy to figure out once you get it all lined up, isn't that right? We have a body, right? It's our earth suit, but yet it is an entity. It is actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so we don't say that our body is just evil, but it does have some tendencies because it is death-doomed. Thank you, Grandpa Adam, right? It is death-doomed. It actually, the Bible says, it desires what's contrary to the Spirit. Isn't that right? Your body wants to eat too much, sleep too much, right? Your body actually, um, uh, even when you're married, um, it, it still wants to, it desires uh, more than whatever it is that you shouldn't have, right? Now, if you're married, obviously, there are things you get to exercise, um, and that's where it should be exercised, and we don't want to go there again, but I'm just telling you that God has a, a plan for our bodies. Uh, it's not an evil plan, but Paul said, I keep my body under. That means that your body has to be controlled. And at one translation, it says, I beat my body. Now, I don't agree with, you know, torturing yourself. There are groups of different sects of groups that do that, that actually crawl on their knees for miles, and they'll whip themselves and that kind of thing. I really think that's bizarre, okay? Self-mutilation, you know. You might want to slap yourself every once in a while, but I know that's different, you know. <laughs> like, wake up, you know. But we, we definitely need to keep a leash on it. Isn't that right? Yeah, uh, gentlemen, we, we are um, visual, you know, so, um, I mean, normal gentlemen, we're visual uh, towards, you know, ladies that we, uh, you know, that does something. That's why we can't just look at everybody's behind when they walk by. We can't be doing that. We have to keep a leash on it, right? Get your eyeballs saved. You know, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever watched Toy Story with a Mr. Potato, he's like, I am a married spud. I am a married spud. I am a married spud. You know? And so, so we need to be mindful of, and even if you're not married, guys, we can't be just feeding on that either. It'll give you trouble. So we have to control our bodies. Isn't that right? We can't give ourselves over to this world system and do what the world does just because the world's doing it. That does not make it right. We treat our, the older ladies as moms. We treat the younger or even same age as sisters. Isn't that right? Praise God. And so there's instructions all in the word of God that helps us on our conduct. And so our physical conduct um, obviously is connected to our emotions, mental. And so our eye gates, we need to guard our eyes from sin. Praise the Lord. And this is, this is what we're all taxed with. Now, listen, ladies, I'm not saying you're innocent either. So don't think I'm berating the guys and you sit there like, oh, that's right, those men, they just do that. Yeah, that's just. Well, ladies do it too. Ladies do it too. Ladies will be like, ooh, he fine. He finger licking good. <laughs> so we have to, we all have to behave ourselves, isn't that right? Not act like the world acts. Not conduct ourselves like the world. We, we have to be responsible for ourselves. And also, listen, the people, people are watching. People are looking to us to be righteous and to live righteous. Listen, we can't keep playing the card, well, I'm just saved by grace and God forgives me for everything. You got to quit playing that card and act like you're saved. God loves you regardless. I know he does. 
But this is affecting God's flow through your life. We have a responsibility to be the light of the world and, and to conduct ourselves in a manner that gives him glory and honors him. Isn't that right? And so, therefore, we guard our hearts with all diligence. And so, therefore, I can't be Google-eyeing every girl in the gym, you know, when I'm working out. Or I say, hey, baby, what's up, girl? You know, messing around like that. I can't be doing that. It affects my heart. I said it affects our hearts. Praise the Lord. I'm not afraid of beautiful, you know, ladies in the gym. I've prayed with so many of them to get saved, and men, of course. I'm not a respecter of persons. I'm not scary about those things, you know. I do have my limits. And so, you know, I had gone with my family out to uh, California to one of the beaches out there, and, and I was like, oh, my God. I have never seen so much dental floss and Band-Aids. And I talked to a pastor. I have a pastor friend from California. I was like, dude. I'm like, you witness out here? He's like, yeah, it ain't a big deal to me, man. What's the problem? I'm like, I'm going to leave it to you, bro. That is not my ministry. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, you got to know. You've got to know where you shouldn't go. In the beaches of California, somebody else, send someone else, Lord. I'll sow into their ministry. <laughs> but when you have to cast down imaginations for a week, you know. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. So we just have to be smart about it, right? If you came out from alcoholism, probably the bars aren't your mission field. Just saying. Right? And it might be that, hey, it ain't even a deal. Well, praise God, that's awesome. But if it is, don't go there. Yeah. We don't send the, the saved foxes to the hen house to get the chicken saved. Right? And uh, we have a ministry called Agape, and, or had it, you know, formerly to the COVID deal. And they would go to minister to the strippers. We did not invite men to go into the strip clubs to witness to those girls. But it was effective. We had many of those girls getting saved. Some would actually end up coming to church. Their lives would be changed, and God would restore them. But I'm just saying, so we, with all diligence, guard our hearts and protect ourselves from the spirit of this world, this cosmos, this system that is opposed to God. God can help us to walk in wisdom and to let our light truly shine in this world. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm hoping you, did you see the, the connection of those, all those different scriptures, Hebrews 4.15 and 1 John, speaking of the categories, and then you see that um, Eve's experience and Jesus' experience, how those are also three different areas of attack against us, trying to draw us into something that we have no business working with. Amen? And uh, Jesus just said, thou shalt worship the Lord your God. He spoke the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. So we have um, these uh, three different areas. We have the, the, the three points 
um, that, that we were speaking of. One would be sensuality, um, having to do with your body. Two would be superficiality, having to do with that which is superficial, not deep, not, not connected to God, but very superficial. People will give themselves over to that kind of stuff all the time, and, and it would destroy you. If you compromise your um, honor, your character, in order to gain, um, make gains, whether financially or in a, a certain situation of promotion, those things are superficial things. Those things will not help you. They will harm you. You never want to compromise your heart or truth or honor or character for those things. So they're superficial. They have to do with your soul. Does that make sense? And uh, then lastly is the pride of life. Those things affect your heart. So those three categories, eventually, uh, we're going to talk about. Um, uh, but I wanted to say all three because I can talk about the one today and talk about sensuality. And so uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 21 talks about the works of the flesh. These are the works of the flesh. So in Galatians, it talks about this is the, 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 how the Spirit works. These are the, uh, how the fruit of the Spirit works. Isn't that right? Love, joy, peace, right? Long-suffering, joyful. We know these things um, are the fruit of the Spirit. And then it talks about, it gives a list, a long list of how the flesh works. Praise God. So you, in that list, you have, uh, you know, uh, fondness for indulgence and sensual pleasures. I'm so glad I've never had that. Boy, it gets quiet in this Holy Ghost church. <laughs> Fondness for or indulgence in sensual pleasures. Again, this is point one. It was the all points. Jesus was tempted in all points, yet without sin. And we mentioned these three areas would be the points. Number one would be physical, and it would have to do with sensual, sensual pleasures. Lewd, lustful, preoccupation with bodily pleasures. Physical gratification, uncontrolled fleshly desires. Praise the Lord. And I know in this holy church, sanctified people filled with the Holy Ghost, that most of you are saying, well, I'm sure glad none of that's me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But probably, um, if any of you lived here in Las Vegas for very long, when buffets were still open, may have possibly had a moment where you went back to the line. Were you full already? Oh, heck yeah. But you could fit more in. I know, man, I could eat, so I know, man. You're just like, ah. And it was so good. I don't need more, but it was so good. I'm going to eat some more. I mean, you could hurt yourself for five bucks. And back in the day, do y'all remember that when Vegas, you could go somewhere for $5, go to a buffet, and literally go into a food coma. I mean, you just like, woo. Have a food baby. <laughs> so these, again, uh, fleshly desires. I won't go into all of them. You guys are aware. Praise God. Hallelujah. So these um, have to do with your five senses of, of taste, touch, feel, right? And uh, they affect that. Um, uh, so these natural desires aren't necessarily evil in and of themselves, as we've mentioned before. Um, obviously, have your body getting hungry is actually going to keep you alive. It's a, it's a response of your body when it needs food. It's just that we go way past. Isn't that right? And uh, so also God created. It is not ungodly. It's not of the devil that people have um, sexual desires. Those are not evil. God created that. And whoa, glory is God good. Amen. When you're married, 
that is, how many are thankful God, I mean, look at, now, you guys, men, all the men are afraid, they're like, <laughs> so it's a godly desire, everybody say sex is godly, I'm just wondering, I feel all alone up here right now. That was weak. Everybody say sex is godly. That's right. God created that. He created it for one thing, and that is the covenant of marriage between a man and a woman. That is what God did, and it is wonderful. It was beautiful, I'm sure. Uh, I, I wish he would have added it to the Genesis account if it, and, did, and said, and, and he looked at it and said, that is good. But obviously, when he, he saw his man and woman, he said, that is good. Amen? Amen. And so, so, however, though, then um, a work of the flesh would be that that isn't enough, that, that marriage relationship isn't enough. It would be going outside and succumbing to the cosmos, the world system. Does that make sense? And uh, so, so Satan perverts these things that God created and uh, um, we go into gluttony, drunkenness, and um, perversion, uh, sexual perversion, and selfish pursuits. So that is the, the physical, sensual, the body that would be taking us into those things. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Meaning that we can overcome this world system because Jesus overcame it. We can have and walk in freedom from these things that try to control us. We can walk free from those things. They don't have to dictate to us how we shall live. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So everybody say this. Say, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I worship God in my body with my body. I present my body to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, for this is my reasonable service, is the sensible thing to do. Thank you, Father, for health, for strength, for longevity. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done that I may glorify you with and in my body. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your grace on the church.